0: La da 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 Good evening dear listeners. I am in a great mood today. The sky is gray, tinged with purples and reds from other world sunsets. The clouds on the horizon are an ominous gold. So much is happening these days. Scattered riots, isolated looting, vanished wardens. Two years without Endbringers, and we're proving we can do just fine. Welcome to Vermont Stretch Radio, the news show brought to you by the happiest man this side of the Earth Zion quarantine zone. It's been a while, but it looks like we aren't getting the Warden's headquarters back anytime soon now. No reversing the polarity of the neutron flow. No interdimensional portals created by troubled youths. For those of you who might have forgotten recent events after a concerned citizen in a ski mask conked you on the head and stole your television, the Warden's headquarters disappeared at roughly the same time as the Fallen tore open the portals of Earth Gimel, shattering our fragile economy and our less fragile transport network. Oh, and we also lost some of the alleged greatest heroes of Earth Bait. And all the gigantic, self-important statues of themselves that they put all over their lavish lobby. The same lavish lobby that estimates put at costing more than it would take to house and feed roughly, say, a hundred or so refugees. Hmm. In more important news, vinyl pop figurines. "'They will outlast us all. "'I recently managed to obtain an Alexandria figurine "'with its disgustingly large helmet and its sealed shut mouth.' too ironic, given the way she choked to death as much on her own unwarranted ego as on insects. It was found in a landfill by some chap brave enough to go dumpster diving back on earthbait, and thanks to just how many of the bastard things are still floating around, it cost me less than nothing. It looks so... stupid. It's a stupid... Stupid little toy, and it's driving me nuts because I swear I've seen one of these before. Anyway, some of these sorts of things are actually worth money. Mostly merchandise of obscure capes, though, and slightly less popular dead capes. Just a little heads up if you're one of those people that managed to rescue some of their personal belongings when they fled the desiccated corpse of Earthbait and other associated parallels. Some of your precious belongings might be worth money to some collector somewhere with money to spare. Now, there have been a few hints here and there, listeners, but today, today we finally answer the question, Who is Nora James? Uh, No, I'm not really talking about her being the Norfair disaster, even though that was quite, quite obvious, what with her glowing eyes and the way she tilts her head up any time someone asks about the Norfair disaster in her presence. That's not really a secret. No, I'm asking the question who is Nora James the person? Why should some girl matter? Sorry, some young woman. We know her parents were both employees of the BRT. We know that her father died, crushed, within a collapsing office building. We know her mother raised her alone, and that more than two years ago I killed her mother. Sorry. Yeah. Now, well she was an orphan in a world after gold morning she had no family to turn to she had no job and no job skills merely years of parahuman studies at university only of course the world ended midway through her third year and then a year ago she was denied re-entry to the universities due to the rush on universities. And then a few months ago, she was denied because she'd taken part in a political demonstration against the unfairness of the university selection process. And then, scant few months ago, Nora James got powers. Powers that she had no need for or use for until a whim had her take a tragic accident as her moniker. Nora James now holds, of course, the rights to the cape name The Norfair Disaster, and she had been hoping to use it as a bit of a political point. Hoping to set up a hire of cape actually. Uh, a hire-a-cape agency, you see. One where her flickering eyes could be rented out for discos and staged villain attacks. You see, staff were expected to treat the sleep... the sweeping lights cast by her eyes as lethal allowing for safe drills for hostage situations simulating actual lethal laser beams without any of the hazards of doing that sort of thing or dead bystanders but on the prob other side of that though ravers were just expected to treat the slow distortion of their perceptions of their own movements about the same way they would any medications they'd be taking Unfortunately, though, the speed at which her eyes flicker can cause headaches, nausea, and some forms of seizures, and they did. The Wardens had to be contacted by meddling bystanders with some of the above issues, and Miss Disaster has been strongly encouraged not to engage in any CAPE activity since. She has also been encouraged to stay off the streets for the safety of others. They did recommend that she could potentially possibly start working as a hero, though. They strongly recommended her any of the other cape movements, like the Advance Guard, the Shepherds, or Foresight. Nora James, though, didn't choose any of those options. She just stood to attention raised a single finger in salute, and then told them that people that live in glass foyers should go fornicate merrily with themselves, taking a moment on the way out to kick ineffectually at the statue of Miss Militia, long-standing symbol of patriotic duty and compromised morals. These days, though, Nora works for Vermont Stretch Radio in her civilian life, She's on the other side of the recording booth now, though, staring at me with her alternately luminous eyes and alternately empty, dead sockets. There's probably some sort of moral in that fable there somewhere, but neither of us can come up with one. Moving on. In the economy side of today's news, imported foods... Imported foods come at a cost. A cheap cost. But that cheap cost comes at a cost. And that cost is the cost of goods and services here on Gimel. Why would you buy organic pork from Gimel when you can buy cheaper organic pork from EarthDD at a fraction of the cost? Why support the development of our industry when the customer benefits more from the industry of other worlds? This isn't just limited to food listeners. Despite a tragic shortage of clothes that has led to rationing in places, our best work is still unable to compete with imported surplus from the worlds our portals led to. lead to. Uh, the, the ones we're still in contact with. I think this whole mess with the gigantic tears in our sky is a great opportunity to make a bit of a push towards self sufficiency these days, or at least Nora tells me that I should think that she knows more about the whole economics sort of thing. Personally, I was kind of happy with the idea of a parasite world so long as we were all upfront about it instead of being all sneaky about it. If the wardens had just put on eye patches and gone around raiding worlds instead of blackmailing them in secret, I'd have been perfectly happy. Another bright idea from the tyrant of Brockton Bay, but then again she also came up with the idea of alternate reality colonization, so unlike a knife, I wouldn't want to hold it against her. Probably going a little too far there, dear listeners, but then again, if the remaining heroes are fine with villains running the economy, then they should probably be fine with some madman on the news. Speaking of villains running the economy, with the heroes gone and the fallen still around and kicking, we have to ask ourselves an important question, dear listeners. When are we going to get to vote? I am really looking forward to seeing if whoever makes the ballots actually knows how to spell Jean, unlike Ms. Wine herself. A joking aside, though, Ms. Wine really deserves your vote for her stellar issues-focused campaign and Dear God, get them out of there! approach to refugees from EarthBait. Don't listen to the fear listeners. Anything dangerous on EarthBait is probably already here. Everything from the hordes of nightmares created by former God King Nilbog to members of the Slaughterhouse Nine have already slipped through customs and have found cozy little towns to hide away in. They could be right in front of you and you'd never even know it! Stopping the flow of evacuees for the sake of a few pouches of snuff is a little petty when some of the capes working in customs themselves were either villains or members of Watchdog that had ran for the hills as soon as somebody actually started paying attention to the watchman. So, vote for Gene Wynn. That's Gene with two E's and Wynn with two N's, a Y and an E. Don't ask me why, it just does. Well. We've also got an advertisement slot booked here for Earth N, but believe me when I say, listeners, that moving to Earth N is a stupid, stupid idea. Not only is it openly run by the majestic stallion Lord of Loss, but it lacks almost any form of basic facilities such as toiletries, ski slopes, or public access radio. On the other hand, though, it's a lovely little slice of wilderness built around a portal, reminiscent of the frontier spirit that founded Earth Gimel in its early days. It's a hard life, and it's not for everyone, but it's a place where a man can put his stamp on the land. Wait, that's not a very inclusive way of putting that. It's a place where a person can put their stamp on the land, where the sweat of their brow will last for years, where a person of any background or inclination can matter. Don't really get that option in Megacity now, do ya? I don't think so. Now, moving back a little, the Fallen Conflict. The Fallen Conflict has yielded a few more oddities for us to ponder. For one, the implication that the Fallen were all being mind-controlled by an old lady. This raises moral dilemmas about how much choice they had in committing atrocities. Unlike former Slaughterhouse 9 member Damsel of Distress, who most certainly had a choice, and who is now on trial for the murder of murderer and brute beast of burden, a man who nobody will miss. I mean, he was probably secretly a simmer victim or something like that. I doubt they're going to give her the death sentence, anyways, not leastly because she's already been executed multiple times. In any case, in the old days a cape surrendering would cause any crimes that would result in a death sentence for an ordinary person to be commuted to life in the birdcage, life in a supermax jail, or life in a comfy bed in the nearest protectorate dormitory. I'm hoping for something like the last one, dear listeners, if only because the idea of a former Slaughterhouse Nine member patrolling the streets and saving kittens from trees makes me grin from ear to ear as surely as a poster of a cat about to fall off a tree. And anyway, I don't see what's so bad about her actually killing another cape. Capes kill normal people all the time. What's so different about capes killing capes instead? Is it the whole cops and robbers dynamic that allegedly protects the public? Is it that having lots of capes is good for stopping Endbringers? Because we've not had any trouble from them in years. What's so wrong, listeners, about escalating a fight when that fight is already destroying people's lives? Oh no, you see, they robbed a bank and stole a hundred people's life savings, ruining their lives forever. But that guy over there stabbed one or two people a year. That's... that's horrible! And we're not added on top of that... I'm still not getting this whole anyone is a hero now aspect of things, listeners. Not just the Norfair disaster. Not you, Nora. Not just the Norfair disaster, the incident where concerned citizens shoot aspiring heroes. I'm wondering what's wrong with the people that seem to think that if I was a cape, and I decided to kill, torture, and maim bad guys, then that'd actually be preferable to me just living a bland and ordinary life. I mean, that's kind of dumb, isn't it? What happens when I run out of bad guys? What happens if I decide the wrong guy is bad? I mean, my sense of morality is pretty messed up, listeners. Well... I'll leave you with that question tonight, actually, in the hopes that you can figure out an answer, because I certainly can't. Uh, Two questions, actually. Why is murder worse than anything else, and why is being a hero the only way to pay back society? So send your answers into our mailbag. Yeah, no one actually sent in any letters last week when we were calling for a dedicated mailbag, so we won't ever, ever do one. But anything that's worded nicely enough is still something I'll read out on the air. Bye. Disclaimer. Wildbow owns Worm and Ward. Rain is an excellent host, and Kittius now knows that rollerblading is a compound word, while roller skating is not she baited this week's episode and last week's and speaking of we really owe a lot of this to her cuz huge supporting force ooh one more thing going back to last week uh yeah we didn't get any letters last week or we got one letter and they had asked how long it took me to write a script and the answer is that it varies Last week's episode took an hour while I was stuck in the back of a car. This week took a few hours. And if you have any questions, I'll be happy to answer in the comments or in this video itself. And if you have any questions I can give an in-story answer to, I will answer gladly in a silly fashion. Thanks for listening, dear listeners.